Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of Christ for their entire Christian lives, and we're pleased to bring you recorded excerpts from the Life Study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Before we join today's program, we'd like to give you our toll-free number that you may receive our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith. That number is 1-888-543-3788. Now, let's join today's life study. What is the body of our humiliation, referred to by the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 21? Many people are trying to excessively glorify their physical body today and make it more honorable by indulging in the enjoyment of material things. But the Bible says it's not until the Lord comes that we will be conformed to the body of his glory. Bob Danker has joined us for another splendid life study program from the book of Philippians. Welcome back, Bob. Well, it's good to be back, Chris. As you said, this book of Philippians is really splendid. It is. Uh, Bob, the believers in Philippi had been saved, of course, and regenerated in their spirit, but there still was the need for them to care for two other parts of their being, the soul and the body. We're going to see these uh, in some greater detail today. The background of this book is that the Philippian believers were being hampered or frustrated by two different groups of people. One were the Judaizers, which Paul had called dogs and the concision and some other very derogatory names. And the other group was a group called the Epicureans. Why were these two groups so damaging, Bob? Well, uh, the Judaizers, those who were zealous for the Jewish religion and for the law, they were a frustration to the believers because they were always trying to influence the believers to go back to Judaism or at least to take care of the Judaic things, such as the keeping of the law. Mm-hmm. They were so zealous for the law. And Paul was, of course, before he was saved, he was one of those zealots. I mean, he was so zealous for Judaism, that he persecuted the church, he persecuted the believers, thinking that he was serving God. So actually, Judaism occupied Paul to the uttermost, and it filled his whole being, and he appreciated the law and all the Jewish things to the uttermost. So these things, during the uh, first century, they became a real frustration to the believers then. And then uh, the church had spread to the Gentile world, and one major factor in the Gentile world was the Greek philosophies. Uh-huh. And uh, one of these philosophies was the philosophy of the Epicureans, who, of course, were very much for the indulgence of the enjoyment of physical things. And Paul refers to them in the last part of chapter 3 of Philippians when he refers to certain people whose God was their stomach. Mm -hmm. Their stomach was their God. These are the Epicureans who overindulged their physical appetites. And this also was a hindrance to the believers as they were going on to work out God's salvation for them. 
to get a good understanding, I think, of the message today, one verse that's very helpful that's not in Philippians, actually, in First Thessalonians, in chapter 5, verse 23 says, And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bob, the Philippians were saved, regenerated in their spirit. The soul and the body come into play very much now, and relate these to these two groups that you just identified. Well, of course, religion is something that is related to our soul. Anything religious occupies our mind and our soul, and it takes up a lot of room in our inner being, and uh, it actually gives no room for Christ. And then the Epicureans' philosophy of indulging their physical appetites, of course, is related to our physical body. Right. Very good, Bob. Thank you for the background, and uh, we'll join Witness Lee and then come back for some more fellowship. Okay. We have three parts. We have three parts. And the uh, believers in Philippi, no doubt, as we are, all got saved, regenerated in their spirit. But after our salvation, we still have two parts of our being to uh, take care of. How do we take care of our soul? How do we take care of our body? How does God deal with our soul and our body? In the first two chapters, Paul had that kind of wonderful fellowship with the Philippians. Then Paul had deep thought within him to write something to give the full instruction to the uh, Philippians that they may know how God is dealing with their soul and how God will be dealing with their body and how they have to take care of their soul and how they have to handle their body. This was the basic thought that was within Paul when he wrote this chapter. I say again, after he had a good fellowship in chapters 1 and 2 with the believers, now in this chapter, he gave the believers a full scope of how to deal with their soul and how to deal with their body. To deal with their soul, they have to count all those philosophical, religious, cultural things, refuse. Don't treasure them. Don't treasure. No religion is worth of treasure. You see? And no philosophy can compare with Christ. No culture should stay, should remain in front of Christ. So we have to count all these things, religion, philosophy, culture, ideas, thoughts, concepts, all these we have to condemn. We have to count them, what? Refuse. That we may gain Christ in our soul. Right? That we may <laughs> be filled with Christ in our soul, in our mind. We all need to have such a mind. This is the dealing of our soul. This is the way to deal with our soul. 
Bob, we just heard that no religion, no philosophy, no culture can compare with Christ, and that we need to be those who are filled with him, not just in our spirit, but in our soul and our mind, and not be full of other things. I think most people would agree with the need to be full of Christ, but might not yet have seen the application here that we have in Philippians 3. Help us with this. Well, here in Philippians 3, Paul was trying to help us to be filled with Christ, not just in our spirit, but in our soul. That means particularly in our mind, and ultimately in our body. This is God's salvation, filled with Christ in all three parts of our being, first our spirit, then our soul, and then our body. So after Christ comes to dwell in our spirit, when we call on him, we believe in him, He enters into us, but he doesn't want to remain only in our spirit. He wants to occupy our soul. He wants to fill, especially our mind, with himself so that we, human beings, actually can have the mind of Christ. But the problem with us is there are too many other things filling our thoughts. These are things that we consider very valuable. We consider them our personal treasures. These could be things related to religion, to keeping the law, to being a good Christian, to changing our behavior so that we're a better person, anything related to morality and ethics. Or this could be related to philosophy. Every country has its own national philosophy. We can hardly escape from our national philosophy. It fills our thinking. And not only that, but our culture We all appreciate culture, especially our own culture. So this shows us, Chris, that the things of religion, philosophy, and culture are filling us and occupying the space within us that should be filled with Christ. That was what Paul wanted to help the Philippians with. He wanted to help them to get themselves unloaded of all the religious thoughts, philosophical thoughts, and cultural matters so that Christ could make his home in their hearts and could fill their souls with himself. So he gave us, in the first part of this chapter, his own testimony about how he was in Jewish religion. And Christ was revealed to him, and he began to realize, oh, Christ is much more precious than anything in this universe, especially the religious things, the things of Judaism. So Paul gave up all those things, and he began to be a person who pursued Christ, to gain Christ. And to gain Christ is to have Christ fill our soul Hmm. so that Christ becomes the very content of our soul, our mind, emotion, and will. And he becomes our concept, our philosophy, and he replaces all these things within us. So this is what Paul was trying to help the Philippians to realize that they needed to give up all these other things, and let Christ occupy them. Bob, as you were talking there about Paul being one who emptied out all of the Jewish things, I think it's worthwhile to point out that Paul then didn't replace the Jewish things with some Christian things, with some new religious things, uh, even though a new and improved religion. He was talking about replacing the things that he had counted as refuse with the very person himself of Christ. Yes, Chris, and to follow Paul's testimony here, We can see none of us can do this in ourselves. What we need is what Paul enjoyed. He said he had the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. So God the Father revealed 
Christ, his son, to Paul, to give Paul the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And because Paul had this excellency of the knowledge of Christ, he could then count all other things as refuse so that he might gain this Christ. Well, we've covered the soul a little bit, Bob. Of course, we spent a lot of time on some of these things last week. Let's read Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21 before we go on. It says, For our commonwealth exists in the heavens. I love this language. For which also we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transfigure the body of our humiliation to be conformed to the body of his glory. Let's join Witness Lee once again. We're going to see in this section an emphasis on what the Apostle Paul calls the body of our humiliation. Now Paul came. After dealing with the soul, he came to deal with what? The physical body. Of course, according to Colossians, Paul didn't agree with asceticism, right? To uh, mistreat your body severely. Paul didn't agree with this. Neither Paul would agree with the indulgence of the physical enjoyment. Concerning our body, we need to eat and eat healthily uh, to take the best nourishment that we may live longer on this earth for the Lord's expression, right? But we have to avoid, avoid what? Avoid indulgence of over-enjoyment. Your body is a body of humiliation. Regardless what kind of a car you may bought, a car that costs you $100,000, to uh, carry your body. Your body is not a body of honor today. <laughs> that excellent car just carries a body of humiliation. <laughs> right? Regardless what kind of house you will build for yourself. And that house only house a body of humiliation. Don't spend too many hundred dollars buying an excellent bed. Regardless how excellent the bed is, your body is still of humiliation. This is Paul's thought. I tell you. You just keep your body living. Healthy. That's good. You see? Anywhere you put this body, this body is not something of honor today. This body is something of uh, humiliation. Because it is a body of sin. Because it is body of death. Because it, it is body of corruption. But don't hate your body. If you hate your body, you become an ascetic. In good sense, you have to love your body. Love your body for the Lord's sake. Right? Love your body for, for, you, for the Lord's sake. I just say this much. Just gives you a little idea to realize what Paul wants us to deal with our body. Don't indulge ourselves in all the bodily needs. Our body needs a lot of things. We have to take care of the body, right? To take care of all the needs of the body, but no indulgence. No indulgence. Bob, this phrase, the body of our humiliation, it's quite descriptive. I hope that all of our listeners can relate to what Witness Lee was describing here. Cars, houses, even uh, indulgence by buying a luxurious bed. 
Since we Christians have our citizenship in the heavens, as we read, and not on earth, we shouldn't indulge in earthly things. But Bob, Paul neither championed those who would mistreat or abuse their body. He really had a proper balanced thought, didn't he? Yes, he did. Paul realized that we need our bodies, and we need to take care of them so that we can live a long time on this earth for the Lord's purpose. But Paul realized also that some were indulging themselves in the enjoyment of earthly things. And this was a frustration to them in their experiencing of God's salvation. So Paul was trying to help the Philippians to be balanced. On the one hand, we have to take care of these physical bodies, and we have to provide for their basic needs. But if we go beyond that and we begin to indulge ourselves in the enjoyment of of the physical things beyond what we need, then we enter into a realm where our experience of Christ, our enjoyment of Christ, and our experience of God's complete salvation is frustrated. Mm -hmm. So actually, we have to understand that today our body is not an honorable thing. It is a body of humiliation. Mm -hmm. It is a body of sin. Sin dwells in the members of our body, as Paul said in Romans chapter 7. And our body is a body of death. It is a weak body. The older we get, the weaker we get. And it is a body that's prone to sickness, right? We can get sick and even die of sickness. So our body is not something honorable. What our body needs is it needs to be glorified. It needs to be redeemed. It needs to be transfigured by the Lord in his salvation. So we have to live long on this earth mainly so that we can experience the transformation of our soul, which is required before we can have our body transfigured. So we need to have the proper view of the care of our physical body. We do need to be healthy, but we should not over-enjoy the physical things. Otherwise, we will miss the experience of Christ, the enjoyment of Christ, and the full experience of God's salvation. Bob, in our final word today, we're going to uh, see a conclusion to this matter of dealing with the soul and learning how to handle our physical body in a proper way with this uplifted, excellent view that the Apostle Paul displays. Here's Witness Lee. Have you got the thought of the Apostle Paul? Now we can say that we have found the basic thought of Paul's writing. So we can understand this book in an adequate way He just, in this one chapter, instructs us how to deal with our soul and how to handle our body. To deal with our soul, we have to count all those philosophical, cultural, religious things, refuse, that Christ may occupy our whole being, that we may gain Christ to the uttermost. This is the way to deal with our soul. Then how to handle our body? Well, just to take care of the physical need. No more indulgence. We don't indulge ourselves in any kind of over-enjoyment of the physical body. We eat, we take care, and we live in the house just to take care of the need of the body. 
to make our body healthy, that it may exist for a longer time for the glory and expression of the Lord. But we don't have any kind of intention to get this body today glorified uh, in a certain kind of over-enjoyment because the glorification of our physical body is at, will be at the time when he comes back. By that time, he will transfigure our body of humiliation. This is why we are awaiting. We are waiting Christ to come back that we may be brought into the ultimate consummation of God's salvation. The ultimate consummation of God's salvation is the redemption of our body, the transfiguration of our body. While we are here, we just take care of the need of the body, yet we will spend more attention, pay more attention to that one thing, to deal with our soul, counting all the things related to soul refuse, that we may have a full transformation of our soul. Now, we are in the process of being transformed in our soul, awaiting him to come to transfigure our body that we might be brought into the ultimate consummation of God's salvation. Bob, I love this phrase that he used repeatedly here in the last couple of minutes, the ultimate consummation of God's salvation. Uh, I think this is something that could really help us today in a very practical way. I'd like to ask you to contrast. We heard two things here. He talked about the transformation of our soul and the transfiguration of our body that takes place when the Lord comes back. What's the difference here, Bob? Well, the transformation of our soul, Chris, of course, is something that's accomplished in our mind, emotion, and will by the Lord's life within us. When the Lord's life grows in us, then this life carries out a metabolic transformation of our soul. It discharges our old natural element, and it reconstitutes our soul with God's divine element and changes us in our soul so that we have the mind of Christ, so that we have the emotions of Christ and the will of Christ becomes our will. In other words, our soul is filled and saturated with Christ and we become just the same as Christ in our thinking, in our feeling, and in our deciding, our will. This is a great thing to make us the same as Christ in our inward parts, our soul. After the Lord accomplishes this transformation in our soul, at the time when he comes back, this very same life that transforms us in our soul will saturate our physical bodies and thereby transfigure our physical bodies and make our bodies like the Lord's glorious body. So at that point, we will be exactly like Christ in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. And this is the climax of God's full salvation. The consummation of God's salvation is to transfigure our bodies so that our body of humiliation is changed to be like his glorified body. Bob, I think we should point out, as we have in a number of past programs, this matter of transformation is lifelong. 
this is a process, a procedure, and we're all involved in this process from the moment we uh, receive the Lord and get saved until he comes again. But this other matter, this matter of transfiguration, this is what happens, as the Bible says, in a moment or in the twinkling of an eye. Exactly, Chris. That's a very good observation. Transformation is lifelong. That's why we need to live long. We need to take care of our bodies so we can live a long life, so we can experience this lifelong transformation. And then when the Lord comes, like you said, at the twinkling of an eye, our body will be transfigured. Praise the Lord, Bob. Wonderful fellowship today. We uh, are really handling jewels and gems, aren't we? We are, Chris. We hope you are enjoying these broadcasts as much as we're enjoying the opportunity to bring them to you and to have this fellowship, and we're all involved in this one fellowship, and it's particularly beneficial for us to hear your fellowship and your comments. So for that reason, we've provided a toll-free number. We'd like to invite you each and every day, if you can, just take a moment and give us a call. Of course, we have material to talk with you about and and make available, but uh, very much we enjoy your comments and your fellowship. So please take care of us that way. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Join us again tomorrow. We'll continue in this life study from the book of Philippians. With Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. The Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the types of Christ conveyed in the Old Testament tabernacle and offerings. The reality of the five main offerings in Leviticus serve as the examples in the first 12 chapters of John, and in chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the type of the tabernacle. The fulfillment of the tabernacle and the offerings in the writings of John is now available. Get your copy today by calling 1-800-549-5164.